Hey friends, it's Ashley and Jana. Welcome back to Season 2 of the Geek Girls Universe Podcast, your home for the latest entertainment and fandom news. Hey friends, welcome back to the Weekly Bugle. WandaVision Episode 4 brought the marvel. And can we just say, we told you so? Oh, we We told you so. I'm saying it. We totally (laughs) told you so. We interrupt this program, had us on the edge of our seats, and made us feel all kind of emotions from the second it started to the end of the credits. And if you're new here, or you haven't already, we would love if you would leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening from. It helps our podcast reach other geeks and the more the geekier, right? So let's get into it. Ashley, your breakdowns are amazing, both <laughs> on our podcast and the ones that you do on your site. So I'm going to let you do our little breakdown or maybe long breakdown of episode four. All right. So like we said, <laughs> it was very Marvel. So everybody that was like, this show's not Marvel enough for me. Well, it is now. As we saw in the promos, episode four took us outside of Wanda's bubble and in fact took us back a little bit. And it opened with a very emotional scene where we see Monica Rambo was clearly snapped away by Thanos. She came back. She was in a hospital sitting next to an empty bed. Uh, she's frantically searching for her mother who passed away while she had been dusted, I guess is the best word for it. Uh, Can you even imagine? I, I couldn't. I was so emotional watching it. I was like, oh my gosh. And it's something that I hadn't really thought about, right? With the, the characters within the universe. And, and this is also the first time we've really seen the consequences or the chaos tied with everybody coming back because in Endgame it was like heck yeah everybody's back and we're gonna kick Thanos's rear right and in Far From Home we were in a high school and it was just kind of funny right because the marching band right and like the football players are in the gym or whatever like it was it was comical but this it was serious it was serious and it was heavy and I was just sitting there just feeling so many things oh it was so painful So after that, you know, Monica leaves the hospital and we're in present day at that point. And she goes back to S.W.O.R.D. And we learn that her mother, Maria Rambo, founded S.W.O.R.D., which is awesome. Love Maria. We meet acting director Tyler Hayward, which I don't know about you, but when I saw the words acting director, I thought about Dwight, assistant to the regional manager. (laughs) I don't know why. Maybe it's because we're in like the sitcom mode and I was like, ah, ha, ha, acting director to the regional manager. Anyways. <laughs> it really should have been like acting director to the director. Of- yes. Right. It's just, I thought of that. It made me laugh. Anyways, I don't know about you. We can talk about this in a second, but he gave me the bad vibes. Like, I don't trust him. I don't think Monica does either. I didn't trust him from the second he walked in the door like he just had this weird like fake smile his hair was too quaffed I was like <laughs> Alexander Pierce anybody yeah that's anyway, exactly we'll that. exactly what I thought I don't think Monica trusted mm-hmm. me there but we'll no, move I don't on think she does. <laughs> so we're walking through swords headquarters we see that they're building weapons which Monica's like uh-huh what's this about and he's all like well there's threats in space and she goes they've always been there but there's also allies so I'm guessing she's talking about the Skrulls, her Auntie Carol, 
and whomever else Carol has come in contact with in space, which could include the Eternals. We don't know yet. Then she has to go out to Jersey because there's a missing person case. And she's like, really? And he's like, yes, you're you're grounded <laughs> per your mother protocols. You're grounded. No more space stuff. We got stuff to deal with on Earth. She meets up with our favorite FBI agent, Agent Jimmy Woo from Ant-Man and the Wasp, who has mastered the card magic trick, which I was very which proud of him. <laughs> hilarious. And can I we just back up in a second and laugh about the quote unquote grounded joke? Because yes. A, she was grounded by her mother. And then also just a little sad because her mother is no longer there. But yeah, the grounded part is kind of funny. I was like, you could have picked a number of words to describe the situation and you picked grounded. It was perfect. It's perfect. I had a good laugh about that. So Agent Wu is in Jersey too, because apparently he has a a witness in protection and they've gone missing. And the funny thing about that, or I guess the odd thing about it, right, is that he reached out to known contacts, to family members, and they'd never even heard of the person that they're supposed to be related to. So obviously that's a little strange. Also, they're literally standing in front of a massive sign that says Westview. And the cops are like, yeah, no, never heard of it. And Monica side-eyes the sign like, that Westview, you've never heard of that Westview. And they're like, I'm from Eastview. And it's like, okay. So that's weird. It's not just a missing person. Now it's a missing town. Population 3,892, to be precise, as Jimmy Woo lets us know. (laughs) Yes. Jimmy with the facts. Gotta love it. Uh, Darcy, another favorite uh, previous MCU character, Darcy Lewis, who is now Dr. Lewis. Go, Darcy. Joins up, too. And she's the one that figures out that, oh, hey, it's a TV show. Get me an old TV and we can watch what's going on inside this bubble. So we know that when they zoom out, it was definitely her hands at the end of episode one, watching on the sword screens. And essentially, Darcy and Jimmy take on the fandom. As in, they take on our questions, our concerns, and our expressions. <laughs> and they are <laughs> they're here going. We are. I mean, Jimmy's like, a sitcom starring two Avengers. She's like, yeah, go with it. You know, it's like, it's a working theory. Uh, They identify several of the town uh, residents with their real world IDs. Agnes has not been identified because, you know, witches probably don't have driver's license. Just saying. Wu gets out a whiteboard, which my nerdy like teacher self loved. He got out a whiteboard. He's Mm -hmm. like, let's write down what we need to figure out. Uh, He's questioning if it's scroll involvement, which how does Jimmy know about the scrolls? That's an interesting theory there. Why the hexagon shape? We got lots to talk about with the hexagons. Oh, do we ever. For real. And then, you know, basically they're just trying to figure out what's going on. Well, they zoom in on Wanda dealing with Geraldine and the after she says the name Ultron. And we actually see Wanda using her powers to completely kick Geraldine the heck out of Westview. I mean, that girl went through walls, through uh, fences, through the field, and out out the bubble. She was gone. But not before Wanda glitched that whole section of the episode and made it so that the viewers couldn't see what happened. Right. The viewers, aka Sword and the FBI, 
were very confused then. And that's why they like swarmed in on Monica because it was a, a perimeter breach. And they're like, what's going on? They didn't know it was her. She's telling them Wanda's in control of everything. Wanda is telling Vision she's in control of everything and that they can't leave this place because it's their home, which calls back to what she said in episode two. But she also sees Vision, dead Vision, like Infinity War got the Mind Stone ripped out of his head, grayed out Vision, which was very, like, that was another moment where I was like, oh, wow, they're going there. Okay. Like, I figured we'd see him, but I was surprised. Yeah, that was a little much when all of a sudden, like, because you know he walks in the door, normal vision, because we saw right. that. And right. then all of a sudden she looks up at him and he's like, dead vision. Dead. And you're like, whoa. And it's not even and like a split like, no, second. Exactly. And it's not even a split second of like, he is dead vision, you blink and he's fine. He literally is still talking to her as dead vision. And I was like, oh, okay, hey, we're doing this. It's kind of yeah, disturbing. Yeah, jarring. That's a good word for it that you said. I It was definitely jarring. And gradually the viewing ratio changes from the 16 by 9 back to the 4 by 3. They sit on the couch and it's a happy ending. They're watching TV with their babies. And we're well, at home we going, like, give uh, me episode 5 now. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good summary. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So, like, let's see. What's next? Do we want to talk favorite moments? Do we want to talk about... I mean, I think, I think, uh, (laughs) favorite moments, I think we both agree on this. It was definitely Darcy and Wu's like, Um, dude, the whole (laughs) and the baby, like that was hilarious when she's all like, Oh, baby. Oh yeah. I thought about a little bit, you know, little Jimmy with a baby FBI badge. And she's like, um, the bag of chips. chips. Oh, you (laughs) meant a chip. Yeah, sure. I'll take a chip. And you're just like, oh my gosh, that's hilarious. And when she's like, oh, twins. And he kind of looks at her and she's like, what? I'm invested. You're like, I love it. Or when she makes the comment about the What's up with the the eras changing? She's like 50s, 60s, 70s. She's like, it can't purely be for my enjoyment, can it? And you're like, no, <laughs> probably not, but I love that you think that way. Oh yeah. my gosh, I love her so much. And her coffee comments. Like, could somebody get this girl a cup of coffee already? Yes, please. I, I still think Wu is the one that is going to get her the coffee. Oh, she I agree. Feels- I agree. It better show up <laughs> in the next episode. I, I love them together. I saw somebody on Twitter talking about... Uh, them getting their own X Files type show, but they're just solving weird cases in the MCU. Even Wolf. <laughs> I would love it. I would love to see the two of them together. I think it'd be hysterical. Um, I agree. But definitely, that was like favorite top favorites for me. As far as uh, missing characters, so backing up a bit, we see the beekeeper again, but we also see him before he goes in. His name is Agent Franklin, and yes. they send him into the town. Via the sewer. Now, Wu in this moment reminded me of Hawkeye and Avenger. So Hawkeye points out to Fury when the Tesseract is, he's like, it's a door, right? Doors open from both sides. Wu points out, we don't know that the perimeter doesn't extend below the earth, like below underground and stuff. And of course, you know, Hayward is like, e, me, me, like, whatever, like sitting this guy in anyway. And Wu's like, all right, probably a bad idea. <laughs> And it was. So Agent Franklin emerges from the sewer and he looks like a beekeeper and not a, it was originally a radiation suit, got turned into a beekeeper outfit. And when the, when she goes nah and she like rewinds everything, 
we never see Franklin again after that. Like, his little tether thing reappears because it got cut off from him and turned into a jump rope. (laughs) Jump rope, which is so funny. So funny. But he himself never appears. Like, Monica gets booted out. She lands in the grass. We don't know what happened to Franklin. No, which is interesting because what does that mean? And then I think you and I both do the Easter eggs. We kind of look at all the the meanings of the random words and names and numbers and things along the way. And when we look up Agent Franklin, there is a connection um, mm-hmm. that makes to sense. Aim. So, <laughs> to you know, is that going to something? <laughs> is it not? But yeah, where did he go? <laughs> like, we have not seen him. Is he still stuck inside the perimeter or is he outside the perimeter? Like, did he get thrown back? We don't know. Yeah, we we have no idea. And as much as like Hydra infiltrated shield, AIM could be infiltrating sword. So he might have had a sword uniform on, but he could still very much be a part of AIM. And again, sometimes the obvious answers aren't always correct, right? Um, They're not 100% correct, at least in Marvel, right? It might look like one thing, but it's really not. So Wanda, I think we should talk about our hexagons. Wanda says she's in control. Monica says she's in control. So essentially you're like, oh, Wanda's in control, 100%. Mm, I don't think think so. Not 100%. And I think there's a couple of things about that too. You can even just take the hexagon part of that out and you can look at the fact that Wanda literally just like lost her ish and booted Monica out of Westview using Mm -hmm. her powers, which sort of is similar in the fashion when she lost it in Sokovia and blew up a whole (laughs) mountain section of the the city or when she literally can't control her powers. And then she she kind of like steps back, reins it all in and, you know, Vision walks in and she's like, oh, no, no, uh, no, I've got this all under control. And so even if you just take the whole hexagon piece out of that, that's just Wanda saying, oh, no, no, I've got this under control, you know, because that's sort of Wanda fashion. Like she, she does that, right? Like she loses control and then she tells herself she's got everything under control because that's what she Mm -hmm. tells herself even when she often doesn't. But then, yeah, when you when you look at these other pieces of the puzzle, like the hexagons, it's clear that she probably is not the one in control, even though she's saying it. Because, yeah, those hexagons everywhere. Hexagons for everybody, dude. Yes. There has been a hexagon or hexagons or multiple ones in each episode of WandaVision yes. so far. And... Jimmy Woo even writes it on his whiteboard. He's like, why the hexagons? He's specifically referring to the perimeter, I believe, uh, because the perimeter shape is also a hexagon. <laughs> and yes. I mean, yeah. surface no. level, the hexagons could be referring to her hex powers, which is they haven't been called that in the MCU, but that's what they were called in the comics. Hex is the German term for witchcraft for anybody who doesn't know that. That could also be a reference to Agnes. Right. Because she's and a witch. I, and it could be, it's like a twofold thing. You know, we've learned this show is very complex. There's a lot of mm. layers to everything. Like, just look at the commercials. There's like the surface meeting, there's the deepest meeting, and there's like a deeper, 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 deepest meeting, you know? I think the hexagons are the same way. Like, surface, sure, witchcraft, hex powers, whatever. But 
hexagons are six-sided with six vertices and six edges. Mm -hmm. And we Mm -hmm. all know what 666 represents, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. So, you know, and there's a devil in the details for sure. There sure is. He's still running around, I believe. Also, uh, when I was going back over, because I am currently working on an article (laughs) for CBR, which I will share on my channels. When I was looking at the map of Westview where they were showing the perimeter, there's a hexagon on top of a hexagon. And hexagons are those shapes as Jana did a massive deep dive, which we will link to in our show notes about hexagons. They can they are used to form tessellations. And you want to explain that since you did all that research? Well, and that's so basically when you overlay a hexagon over a hexagon, they they lay upon each other, but there's no extra space. There's no wasted space. And they hexagons build upon each other. They also build in strength because that's the least amount of wasted space. Hexagons are the strongest shape in the, I guess we'll call it the universe, but like as a, as a geometric shape, they're the strongest, which is why bees use them. Well, I shouldn't say <laughs> bees don't choose to use them. They are encoded in them, but that's what they use to make honeycombs. And so honeycombs get stronger as they actually build upon themselves. Why nature chooses to do that, who knows? But then there's this theory that, you know, hexagons are as close to magic as science gets. So, you know, there's there's all these, I think, sort of subliminal and then not so subliminal meanings of the hexagons in the use of them in WandaVision and the MCU in general. But yeah, mm-hmm. and then so when you... And then the other thing that we were talking about with the hexagons and when they're tessellated is if you turn them at a certain angle. They look like the Tesseract. They sure do. Funny how that works, right? It's really funny. (laughs) Or maybe not so funny. (laughs) Right. So I think that, sure, there's a hexagon that is Wanda's powers, but there's another hexagon that happens to be someone else's powers. Mm-hmm. overlapping with hers. Thus the overlay. Yep, I agree. And it also explains why Wanda seems confused sometimes. Because if you were 100% in control, nothing would surprise you. Right? That's right. And she even talks to Vision and she tries to, in several episodes, going, something was weird, something was off, but then something else happens and she doesn't finish her thought process. Mm-hmm. And her expelling Geraldine, and we kind of talked about it in episode three with episode three it's like if she knew about geraldine because she was in control she wouldn't have been surprised you know it's like she wasn't surprised that geraldine was there but she should have known that geraldine wasn't an original member of that community right so that to me just says she's in control but she's not the only one in control and there's competing realities within that sitcom Yep. Uh, stage. I agree 100%. She's mostly in control, but she's only in control of the part that she's in control of. And there's, yeah, there's something else in, over that control. It's like a layer with another layer on top. <laughs> exactly. So many layers. So many layers. Mm-hmm. It's like an onion. Oh, yeah. Wow. That was a lot. <laughs> My brain. Woo. <laughs> I know. I feel like we could talk about 
<laughs> all of our theories could take up like 5,000 hours of podcasting. Oh my goodness. It really could. <laughs> like 15 minutes isn't even enough to talk about theories. With it, hexagons. It, it, <laughs> I, I know because there's so many more we didn't even mention that are in the MCU mm-hmm. by themselves. Yeah. Well, and even if you just listed all the places that we've seen hexagons in those four episodes would take another 10 minutes. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> So uh, we would love to hear your theories, though. So hit us up on Twitter or leave a comment or join us on our Marvel weekly Twitter chats, hashtag Marvel Mondays, because we'd love to know. Shoot us your theories. What do you think's going on? Are you down with the hexagons? <laughs> what do you think they mean? Yeah. And if, you're, guess- if you think we're way off base and you don't think they mean a thing to do with any of the things we've discussed, we want to know that, too. Yes. We'd love. I, I always love to hear other people's theories because sometimes I'm like, oh, I didn't even think of that. And you're right. I kind of like it. Uh, you have been doing some movie marathoning this past week. I have. You know, I did some Sundance screening. I'm part of a couple of like film groups that have some awards coming out. That they've been doing nominations for. So I've just been screening a whole bunch of indie stuff. You know, I need something to do other than only binge WandaVision, right? Like, because that's just a rabbit hole I could go down for eternity. (laughs) Yes. A couple of my favorites that I will mention, just because if I mentioned all the things that I'd watch, we could spend all day long. Coda is a movie about a, it's like one child in a family of deaf people who finds herself torn between kind of pursuing her love of music and her family's reliance on her to be their only connection to the outside world premiered at Sundance last week. And it was just picked up by Apple TV for, I think it was $25 million. So that's actually really exciting. It's a fantastic movie. And I'm just really excited because it's something that I think everybody should see it, but also Apple TV going to make it really accessible for everybody to see. So I think that's going to be fantastic. I'm working on a review for that on my site because I don't know, for some reason, it takes me forever to write a good review. I have like 18 of them going at once. Okay, that's not true. I have like, okay. I have six right now. Palmer is now streaming on Apple TV Plus. Another great, great movie, not entirely family friendly, but not extremely unfamily friendly. I'm actually not positive of the rating. Stars Justin Timberlake. And he's basically, he plays a gentleman who's 12 years in prison for something that he was only partially involved in. Comes out, moves in with his grandmother. The woman next door is a drug addict. She basically is in and out, leaving her child with the grandmother to be cared for. Grandmother dies. You basically kind of see where this is going. He ends up taking care of the kid while the drug addict mom is off and about doing her thing. The courts don't want to give him custody because he is an ex-con, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, the movie ends up how you should expect it to be, but there's a lot of stuff to unpack in the middle. Really great watch. The Night is another indie film that Ashley and I both saw, actually. Yes, that one was good. So good, but creepy as all get out in an amazing way. You can actually rent it on Amazon right now. I'm not sure where else you can rent it, but it's a movie. It's it's done by an Iranian director and writer and his cohort, who's also Iranian. It's about an Iranian couple. They're living in the US. They decide to stay at a hotel after a party one night. And the, the hotel is very creepy, luring and insidious. It has a very 
Stanley Kubrick shining kind of vibes, Overlook Hotel vibes. And they basically check into this hotel and it seems like they will never check out. Tormented secrets, all this kind of thing. But it is a creepy, creepy movie that makes me almost never want to go to a hotel again. Highly recommend it if you love psychological thrillers. If you don't love psychological thrillers, maybe it's not for you. It is almost entirely in Farsi, so plan on watching subtitles and watching closely if you're going to rent that one. I think Ashley's already got her review up of that and mine is going up today. I literally have like four sentences left to just summarize it. <laughs> it was a good one. It was Highly recommend really it. good. I just screened Malcolm and Marie, which comes to Netflix Friday the 5th. This movie was, I'm struggling to put into words just what I want to say about this movie. So it is an American romantic drama. It's filmed all in black and white. It's very like film noir kind of grainy style. It's written and directed by Sam Levinson. He's a fantastic film writer and director. It stars John David Washington, who's in Tenet and Black Klansman. And Ballers. Oh, oh, he's in Ballers. He's okay, also in yeah. Ballers on HBO. He's been in a lot of things and he's a great actor. And I, I didn't realize this, but he's a former football star. Apparently he played football. And then Zendaya, who, yeah. you know, I've never seen her in anything that wasn't like, I'm a teenager kind of thing until this. And I was blown away. She literally needs to stop doing things like, I'm MJ and Spider-Man and Casey Undercover and do stuff like this more often. Like she needs an Oscar for this performance. I cannot even explain to you how phenomenal she was. I mean, I was literally sitting on the edge of my seat, mesmerized and tormented at this movie. Basically this look at the two characters and it's, so he's a movie producer and he, she is his girlfriend and it's sort of this tormented discussion and expose of their relationship one night, not even a whole night, just part of a night after his film premieres and sort of the explosiveness, the volatility, the toxicity mirrored with the love and passion the two of them have for each other over the course of like a few hours in this movie. And it's just, it's mind blowing. 100% not kid-friendly in any way, shape, or form. If you can handle it, I highly recommend it. It was amazing. Maybe the best film I've seen, certainly in the last few months. I'm still unpacking it. Like I just, it chills, chills. And the two of them, so Washington, like John David Washington and Zendaya both, both also helped produce the film, but it was just <sighs> It's on my must watch list. To talk I, after you watch it because I, I watch was it. like, holy moly, just wow. And then the last one that I was wanted to mention, which is way more fun than the previous movie for everybody, Finding Ohana is on Netflix now. It's a fun movie, PG, overall it's great for kids. It's got a Goonies vibe. It's two hours and three minutes long. It's a touch long, I think, for kids. It drags on a little bit, but essentially two siblings from Brooklyn go to Oahu for the summer. Uh, they go to connect with their Hawaiian heritage and their family, and they end up on this daring quest for a long lost treasure. It's cute. 
It's good. It's well done. You know, like I said, it's a great family movie. That's on Netflix now. So those are the things I've been watching lately. I started Snowpiercer. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of, I said I was mm. going to do that. I'm halfway through as the first ha- season. Is it good so, so far? I have not started because clearly I've been watching other things. Clearly. It is really good. I was not expecting it to be as, I mean, I get it. Like people are like, it's so good. But you know. A lot of people say a lot of things. We know people that say a lot of things. So it's like, ever. Oh, is it going to be good? But no, my <laughs> husband and I, yeah. So my husband and I are both uh, super invo- interested in it, invested, I should say. It's it's crazy to be that I don't think when they set out to make it that they were trying to make uh, a show that paralleled and was a commentary to what happened in 2020, but it definitely parallels and is a commentary to what happened in 2020 so i'm just like dumbfounded it's got some funny moments it's definitely a drama it's not a comedy david is amazing brilliant love him so anyway i'm so excited to finish it and then actually catch up so i can like actively talk about season two while it's going on so you know there's that so that's what i've been doing i did watch the night though and i loved it so i co-sign watch it Especially if you like thrillers, it was really good. Yeah, and it, so while you've been doing that, I've been kind of digging into some Marvel news that it's not WandaVision, mind you, because we, like we said, we could get stuck in those rabbit holes forever to be like, oh, I feel like I saw about some Marvel news earlier this, this week or last week, and I just ignored it. <laughs> Actually, I saw some, there, there was just some that popped up this morning. There's been some, yeah. uh, Thor Love and Thunder is filming. And there were some set photos that showed up on Twitter. Thor is looking kind of like he's wearing a Guardians Ravenger type uh, outfit. But he's got his uh, his Thor bod back, so no more bro Thor. <laughs> We've got abs, abs Thor, <laughs> as I'm going to call hey. him. And Star Lord has a new <laughs> uniform. Yes. Well, and it's funny because so in the pictures, and we'll link uh, to them. Star Lord, Chris Pratt's rocking a beard, and uh, Thor still has a beard. So to me, it's like when he was doing like the whole deep voice thing, like trying to be all like manly and like godly, like Thor. I just feel like he had to grow out a beard because Thor had a beard, and he's like, I can grow a beard too. Meanwhile, the rest of the Guardians are probably like, yeah, but you still don't look as good as him. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry, friend. That sounds about right. I mean, He's the least well. of the Chris's. Evans is still number one forever and always. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Geek Girls Universe podcast. Join us next week. We'll be breaking down episode five of WandaVision. We'll probably have 10,000 more theories that we'll try to fit into a short show. And I'm sure there's going to be some other fandom news, too. You know. Maybe some Spider-Man. I heard some Tom Holland might be making some sort of announcement soon. But we don't know. Just saying. If you see anything you want to share with us, tag us on Twitter at Whiskey and Sunshine and at that Ashley Aaron. And until next time, geeks. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for more geeky goodness.